You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. Welcome to the Collective Cafe, a virtual coffee experience which takes place every single Monday through Friday, 8 to 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time in both Alpha Collective's Discord, that's discord.gg forward slash alpha collective and startup clubs house in clubhouse it's free it always will be free there are no strings attached there is no bait and switch lurk or listen only chat with one another in our back chat or even come onto stage the coffee shop is open for business whether you're on the treadmill getting the kids ready for school getting yourself ready for work commuting into the big bad city or maybe just even commuting from your bedroom to your home office on monday we manifest on tuesday we talk thought leadership on wellness wednesday we discuss mental health wellness and life skills on thursday we do live book reads and discussions with the author and then on friday it's no agenda friday where there is no agenda Start your day off on the right foot, on the front foot, with virtual coffee, with the Collective Cafe, where we mastermind, we manifest, we collaborate, we help one another at the business of Web3 or anything else that intersects, whether it's culture, collaboration, creativity, innovation, disruption, entrepreneurship, or coaching. So give us a subscribe, bit.ly forward slash Collective Cafe to go, or a review on your favorite podcast platform if you're listening on demand or of course join us every day live it is addictive and remember it is a safe welcoming space and you will never ever be put on the spot this is alpha collectives collective cafe my name is joseph jaffe good morning good morning everybody it is january 8th 181824 8 times 3 is 24. I don't know. It seems like a lot of good numbers so far. I like this idea of 2024. 22 times 2 is 4. It seems like an even year, like literally and figuratively. And it feels like a year maybe, maybe, where, I don't know, a little bit more balance could be brought into this world. I feel, I feel that the world is in many respects, just spinning out of control. People have gone crazy. People are going mad. I'm not even joking. And, um, you know, I think we can choose whether we want to spin out of control with the world, uh, whether we want to contribute uh, and accelerate this this spinning out of control, uh, or we could probably try and stand our ground and withhold, you know, kind of like this idea of, of uh, withstand, I should say, all of these forces, these negative forces, or maybe even in rare occasions, actually do our best to try and stop, you know, stop the spread, so to speak, or stop the rot. Um, it's not It's not easy. It's really not easy. And as I said, I kind of feel like, I felt like there are times when I just feel despondent, when I just see how people are insane. Uh, to be honest with you, in <laughs> In 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 many uh, in many respects, um, you know, uh, in many respects, uh, I've got to tell you, um, it, it's it's um, it's just like it's it's probably Twitter. I mean, it's just coming out and saying it. Uh, it might just be X when you you know when you see um, when you see the um just the rhetoric and i think maybe there's a point that is how do you how do you with how do you weed it out how do you ignore it? what do you do in a situation what do you do in a situation where quite frankly um you can choose to there are none so blind as those who will not see remember that quote 
or there are none so deaf as those who will not hear. Do you just ignore it? Do you, you know, I, I seem to remember like back in the day that, you know, the, the, um, the tide was so negative against George W. Bush. I mean, he was being criticized like you, like nobody's business, um, including, you know, by me as well. Um, but he was in a, he was in a position where, you know, specifically with the whole weapons of mass, what ended up being mass distraction. And, and I remember in an interview, someone asked him, like, how do you cope with all of this? And he said, well, you know, like, like, how do you respond to all these op-ed pieces and these criticisms, whatever he said, it's easy. I just don't read the newspaper. I don't, you know, I don't necessarily watch TV. So he stayed away from it. Now, like, I'm mindful of the fact that there is this concept of success theater, right? So success theater where, you know, where you just surround yourselves with uh, yes men and women, where you surround yourselves with just people that only are going to tell you good news. No one is allowed to actually bring in bad news. And so you kind of live in a bubble. Your reality is distorted. Um, you know, so, or, you know, what do you do? How do you handle all of this rhetoric, all of these decisions? You know, I was just kind of, I don't know, just, um, I mean, looking at all this, there's just so much junk on X. In a way, like what I'm trying to do is is maybe stem the tide a little bit. Um, so starting at eight in the morning um, on the days that I'm able to do something, I'm going to do something. You know, at the moment, hello, Chris, and hello, Slick. And, and being able to build something slowly but surely on X. The people are there. Are they quality people? I don't know. Um, I've seen a thousand people, fifteen hundred people in a room discussing. You know, I mean, oh my goodness, the stuff they're discussing. You know, and if X is really nothing more than just I don't know the TMZ of uh, of of our culture and the the TMZ of our zeitgeist, then then so be it. Um, oh, I like that this idea, the TMZ of our times is X, right? The zeitgeist. I'm making a note of that. Um, so, you know, it's, um, I think we have a responsibility. I think if you're a creator, if you're a thought leader, you know, if you have a platform, if you have a microphone, um, if you are articulate, whatever the case may be, I almost feel like we have a responsibility to, to contribute to the rising tide that floats all boats. It's very easy to pile on the pain. It's very easy to pile on the pressure it's a lot harder to actually, you know, always push and take the high road, even if, even if you're alone on it. And, and that's what it feels like sometimes, that, that I'm alone or that we're alone, you know, because ultimately we still value, uh, value based on quant, on impressions and follows and all these Web 2 metrics. It's, it's partly why I'm still pushing this Web 3 agenda, because Web 3 is meant to be we is greater than me. It, Web3 is meant to be the collective. It's meant to be community capitalism. Um, it is meant to, to be able to push us to work together, the wisdom of crowds, to be better and to further society and to further humankind and to further collaboration. I, I sincerely, sincerely believe it. As I sip my coffee. Anyway, it is Monday. Uh, typically going back to our original plan, uh, it's Manifestation Monday um, or Motivation Monday. So I wanted to um, give you a sense as to this is my week. And of course, you know, if you're on X today, I'd love to hear about your week. Um, feel free to just, you know, punch it into the chat or even if you want to come onto stage a little bit later. Um, I think I think we mix things up a little bit in 2024, maybe have a little bit more of a conversation. Um, it's still fine for people who want to just sit back and relax. You know, as we say, if you're on the treadmill, walking the dog, getting the kids ready for school, commuting to the big bad city, you know, you can still continue to do that. Or um, you uh, you can come and join me. Anyway, so my Monday, the highlight of my Monday is I have a lunch meeting in the city today to discuss Alpha Collective, actually. Um, so I am I remain hopeful. Um Tuesday and Thursday, um, I am going to uh, a chamber coffee, a chamber breakfast, one for Fairfield and, and then another one for Norwalk. So 
So Tuesday and Thursday, this is on my personal scorecard. Um, this is on my, you know, part of my EOS scorecard is to be able to attend, um, you know, I, what, what, let me go to my scorecard and I'll, I'll tell you because I'm trying to be more accountable now. And, uh, and so let's see, um, attending local mixer events monthly, two per month. Well, I'm doing two this week. Maybe I change that to four months, maybe one a week. That seems like a lot. Um, one every other week seems more doable. It just turns out that both of the breakfasts are this week. So in terms of going in and networking and making contacts and getting business cards and having meaningful conversations, you know, the one thing that I still struggle with is this idea of, um, you know, just, you know, I mean, it's one of the core values of EOS, which is help first. Um, and, and I believe it and I, and I live it, but it's very hard not to give into the, 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 the sales urge, as I call it you know, the sales urge, which is having a conversation, really trying to help and then and then being able to say, well, you know, EOS can help. I can help. Why don't we do this? Why don't we set up a meeting? Um, and, and I'm still learning to be better than that. So that's Tuesday and Thursday for me in the morning. Um, I have um, a focus day, actually a pro bono focus day that I'm splitting up. You're not meant to split it up, but I'm certainly splitting that up uh, again uh, Monday, uh, and I mean Tuesday and, and Friday, I believe. Um, I've got um, two episodes of my show that I'm going to be, um, that I'm going to be uh, running uh, or, or hosting, I should say. Um, one is Joanna Bluer, and the other one actually comes from, um, uh, it comes from one of Economist's books of the year, and it's called The Missing Billionaires. Um, Victor Hagani is an Iranian-American founder of Elm Wealth. Just reading from his Wikipedia. He just wrote a book called The Missing Billionaire's Guide to Better Financial Decisions. And uh, it's going to stretch me a lot because, you know, it's not necessarily um, a subject that I'm, that I'm as well-versed in. Um, and what else? And then I've got a couple of, uh, of connector meetings as well. Um, so it's, it's, a, it's a busy week. You know, it's a week that that has little pockets of um, availability, um, but also at the same time, um, it's a week that is filled with possibility. So I think that's that's an, an interesting concept, right? We want weeks that are filled with possibility and availability. We need time to think um, and time to to um, to ponder and reflect and introspect and plan and brainstorm and create. Um, but we also need time for possibility, um, time and, and, and interactions with people where anything is possible. Um, so that's, that's my week. Hopefully you have, um, obviously, you know, my week is a week of an entrepreneur. Mine, mine is a week of an independent, whatever you want to call me, contractor. So I make my time. I make my, you know, I, I make my own schedule. There's no nine to five for me going in, you know, rinse, rinse. And repeat. There's no, uh, there's no, there's no uh, consistency, which of course is so important. So I have to create consistency in the form of routines, um, and one of the ways I do that is through the uh, Collective Cafe. So last thing to say before we get into a subject that I wanted to discuss today is there will be no Collective Cafe um, on Tuesday and Thursday because. I'm going to be at two uh, morning sessions that are scheduled for 8 a.m. Um, but I will be in Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. So Monday uh, is today. Uh, Wednesday, Wellness Wednesday. But, you know, maybe we'll, we'll, um, we'll see where that leads. And then Friday, of course, trying, trying to get back to um, our idea of open mic. Um, and I will keep um, Discord open, discord.gg forward slash alpha collective as well as X, and we'll keep building. Um, and obviously, there are some people that have just sworn off X. I get it. I understand. Um, but until something better comes along, um, and, and something will, um, I'm going to just stay here for now and just, uh, and just put in the shift. Um, because whilst the platform, you know, uh, or, or the owner of the platform or some of the principles associated with the platform may be, um, may be questionable, the people that are on there are you and me. And, uh, you know, I don't know that we're questionable. 
I think we're all works in progress. And so I'm doing it not for uh, the person who runs it or for the platform, um, but I'm doing it for the people. So, so there you go. All right. So the subject that I wanted to talk about today, I just happened to, um, I think I saw this on LinkedIn and it said my greatest aha after 2000 EOS sessions. And I thought it was just written by one of the uh, implementers, one of the coaches. It was actually written by Gino Wickman, who's the founder of EOS and, um, you know, wrote the book Traction, etc. And I was like, well, okay, let me read it. And, and it says, look, you know, this month he delivered his 2000th EOS session. So I think I'm at, uh, I'm, I'm at probably 10. <laughs> so to give you a sense of where he is versus where I am, he said 14,000 uh, hours in a session room with the leadership teams of 135 companies. So also interesting, 135 companies in total. Uh, I'm on seven, you know, so um, it's, um, it's an interest, it's interesting, you know. Now, obviously, I could look at it and go, like, I'll never get there. Or I can say, okay, this is where I'm heading. So now there's a path, right? It's like someone saying, oh, I just finished my first Kona Ironman, or I just finished my first marathon or ultra marathon or extreme marathon. And it's like, great, well, hopefully I can get there too with the right planning and training and preparation, etc. So he says, after all of this, it's crystal clear to him what the number one cause of a company's greatness is. And he says, there isn't even a close second. So, you know, he said, you might think that perhaps, well, think about it for a second. Take a moment and think, what do you think is the number one cause that makes a company great? The number one cause. Put it into the chat um, in Twitter, if you will, if you're listening right now. Um, or if you're in Discord, put into the chat as well while I sip a cup of coffee. I want to see uh, what you think. What is the number one cause that makes a company great? Is it vision? Is it luck? Is it the idea? Is it execution? Is it culture? Is it the business model? Is it the product or the service? Is it timing? Is it compensation? Is it being first to market? Cutting edge technology? Patents? These are all things that I'm reading out to you. You know, if you've listened to me, you've heard me say there are four things to, to entrepreneurs, to startup founders, that will be responsible for your success. Two you can control, two you cannot what you can control is time, is the idea and the execution of that idea. What you cannot control is timing and luck. Idea, execution, timing, and luck. So something to think about for a second, right? Is it the idea? Is it the execution of that idea? Is it timing or is it luck? Uh, Slick says consistency consistency well the answer according to Gino is none of the above he said the number one cause is a strong leadership team now, I might have said people by the way if you were asking me um, I would have said the I've experienced it I've experienced the highs and the lows um, and and I've realized and with every business with every venture that I've ever entered to in my life, I've always said the same thing, which is the only reason we fail is if we got in our own way. If we got in our own way. In other words, the only way we fail is because of us. And the corollary is the only way we, su we succeed is because of us. Or in some cases, actually, the only way we succeed is in spite of us. And the only way we fail is because of us. But somewhere in the middle is this concept of a strong leadership team. Ones that are able to, you know, in EOS terminology, this idea of healthy, vision, traction, healthy. A healthy leadership team all rowing in the same direction, all on the same page, all aligned. So when we think about, you know, um, 
the um, I think Patrick Lencioni wrote the five dysfunctions of a team. It is the dysfunction of people as opposed to people itself. And where does that manifest more so than, than anywhere? The leadership team. So when we look at companies that have, you know, and, and, and I'm citing this blog post, which, by the way, I'm going to go ahead and, um, and, and put in, the, in Discord, uh, in the cafe chat, if you want to see it. Um, he, you know, if you think about companies that have endured recessions, pandemics, crises, just everything going on, um, it is the ones that have strong leadership teams. So what he did was in this article is he came up with what he called the seven criteria of a strong leadership team. And he says, I urge you to rate yourself on a scale of one to 10 on these seven criteria. So let me take you through them. Number one, they have rock stars in every seat on the leadership team. Now, EOS has uh, a tool called the accountability chart that actually uh, focuses on six to 12 months out. That is structure first, people second. And the idea is to put the right people in the right seats, which is a Jim Collins term. You have to have both. And the way that the right people are, how do you determine a right person? You use a tool called the people analyzer, and you basically rank them or rate them or gauge them against your core values. And how do you determine they're in the right seat? Through a tool called GWC, which is gets it, wants it, and has the capacity to do their job. So you've got aptitude, you've got attitude, and then you've got this idea of earned capacity. No vacancies. No, and, and, you, and there are rules, like you can't have two people in the same seat because when two people are accountable, no one is accountable. So it's, an, it's interesting that he uses the word rock stars in every seat. I would, you know, with, you know, with humility... And, uh, and entering the danger, because God forbid I should even point out anything with, you know, the, the, the head of the entire movement. Um, but, but how do you determine a rock star? You know, if anything, rock stars can sometimes, you know, be self-entitled and, you know, and, uh, and, and, and can more likely than not be the wrong people because they're in it for themselves, because they're prima donnas, you know, because they're entitled, because they're not necessarily team players. So I think, you know, there is a meeting of the minds, which is you a rock star who is also the right person. Because, you know, you can have good stars and bad stars, right? Good rock stars and bad rock stars. Good people and bad people. You can have athletes that are great people and, you know, that you can have great athletes that are wonderful people and great athletes that are assholes. So, you know, um, let, me refra- let me reframe this point, which is you need to make sure that your leadership team is filled with the right people in the right seats. So reading between the lines, this is not a charity. There's a term that's often used by one of the ex-visionaries of the company, which is called the accidental non-profit, right? You're not, you're either a for-profit or you're a not-for-profit. Which one is it? Which one is it? And so, you know, if you are a company that is, and profit is a motive or profit is an objective, if you have KPIs associated with top-line and bottom-line growth, um, you've got to make sure that your lead... Because if you think about it, if your leadership team is already filled with question marks, how on earth is the rest of the company going to be anything different? The fish rots from the head down. And so the leadership team has to set the tone. They have to lead by example. And in this case, they have to be a team filled with the right people in the right seats. Number two, they are 100% on the same page with the vision and plan. So there's a tool called the VTO, which is the Vision Traction Organizer. It is essentially a two-page 
you know, spoken, but, un, you know, it, it, it's written and spoken, but it's not a contract, but it's almost an unwritten contract that ultimately, you know, crystallizes and simplifies the vision for where the company's going and how to get it there. And, you know, what Gino says is every single word on that VTO that there is 100% total agreement. There is no ambiguity. There's no difference of opinion. And he actually says when a leadership team agree 100% on every single word in their vision and plan, he said 85% of the issues disappear because they were symptoms of disagreement and lack of same pageness on the leadership team. So that's number two. You got the right people in the right seats who are all 100% aligned on the same page with the vision and plan. Number three, they speak one language. This means that they are running on one operating system. And the operating system means everything in terms of how they do business, how they meet, plan, measure, prioritize, solve issues, systemize, communicate, manage, and lead. I'm quoting from this article. And, you know, I think that um, language, I mean, language sounds almost simple. But we're not talking about like, oh, we call it KPIs and we call it OKRs and we call it measurables. I mean, that's being a little oversimplified. It's basically just, you know, it's almost like singing from the same hymn book, right? Or operating from the same playbook. It is the ability, he says this, and I, and I love this. He said, he's observed that a team of average people running the company on the same operating system and speaking the same language will outproduce a highly skilled team of individuals, each doing it their, their own way, like, you know, on their own kind of time and schedule. So the EOS creed says, you cannot build a great company on multiple operating systems. You must choose one. And, uh, and he quotes one of his dysfunctional clients. This is, this is the keeper quote, ladies and gentlemen. Separately, we are geniuses. Together, we are morons. I basically uh, wrote something similar when, when probably when I wrote um, uh, either Life After, the, actually all my books, right? Life After the 30-Second Spot, talking about the agency world, but specifically Built to Suck, the Inevitable Demise of the Corporation and How to Save It. And I said, how is it that these incredibly smart, skilled people all went to Ivy League schools, graduated magna cum laude, summa cum laude, with, you know, not just undergraduate, but masters and even doctoral, you know, graduates. And yet when they walk into those four walls of their corporation, this is my quote, they're overcome with dumb. Smart people making dumb decisions. Man, this is the way the world works. Just look at Congress. You know, like... We're looking at people going, what? Like, look at Twitter. What is going on here? How is it possible that such smart, talented, educated people can act like such a bunch of imbeciles and morons? And here you're getting a little bit of an insight, an insider look into the sausage factory. It is the group and the team dynamic. It's the inability to actually, you know, in this particular case, run on the same operating system and speak the same language. There you are. Number four, they're open and honest. So this is something we talk about in every one of our sessions. You've got to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. You've got to be comfortable with conflict. You've got to be able to call it out. Just say it. As opposed to holding back. As opposed to ignoring it. As opposed to sweeping it under the rug. 
as opposed to hoping someone doesn't notice or someone doesn't see. You know, when you respect people that you work with and you're all on the same team, on the same page, and you all want the same thing, open and honest is actually quite liberating. Instead, what do we do things? We, like, we say things like, to that person's point, and uh, I think we're saying the same thing. No, we're not. Just call it out. Call them out. And number five, you've got to be fanatical about resolution. There is a tool that we call the issue solving track, IDS. Identify, discuss, and solve. Identify the issue, get to the root cause, and then solve it so that it goes away forever for the greater good of the organization. That might mean a couple of noses get kind of, you know, pushed out of joint. It might mean a few egos get dented. It might mean that you have to take one for the team. But if the company wins, the greater good of the company, then ultimately everyone wins as well. So there's no point in being open and honest and calling out an issue, but then not solving that issue. So again, there is, you know, in what's called the L10 meeting, which is part of a, this concept of a meeting pulse, every week the leadership team are meeting for 90 minutes and they're dedicating 60 of those 90 minutes to solving 5 to 15 issues that are prioritized. The most important issues that can be identified, discussed and solved are the ones that ultimately are. And that, and that increases to 30 per quarter in quarterly planning sessions. So just do the math. You know, that's several hundred issues get solved every year. Every year. And 5 to 15 every single week. And it could be good, it could be bad, it could be ugly. It could be an idea, it could be an opportunity, or it could be a threat or a weakness. Get it done. That's what a strong leadership team does. They're fanatical about resolution. Number six, they treat each other as equals. Now, as I sip my coffee, this is a big one. So, it's, it's interesting to me because there is what's known as an org chart, which is typically hierarchical. And, and you have titles, right? Associate, manager, supervisor, director, VP, SVP, EVP, vice president, president. We all have these titles, and there is certainly a hierarchy, and, and a political hierarchy, no doubt. Excuse me. And, and I will tell you that when, when people are in the room, I mean, you can see, like, ultimately, a great leader. Well, he, here's the thing. Let's, let me take a step back for a moment. If you were in a room with a leadership team, of, I don't know, six to eight people. Is it, you know, do you think you could identify and spot the leader easily? It, essentially the CEO. And the answer probably is yes. How? Why? Because they're either the person that, it, that talks the most or... You know, they're a person that stamps their authority, maybe disagrees, maybe overrules. It's generally quite easy. Now, in rare cases, it's a little bit tougher. It could be actually the person that talks the least or the person that talks the last, right? The person that talks the least or a person that talks the last. I'm jotting that one down. Talks the least. Speaks softly and carry a big stick. And or, I should say, 
talks the last. Truly the great leaders, and even just great people in general, there are people that when they talk, people listen. Not just because they're the most senior, because they're the boss, but because they're the most considered, the most insightful. They are ultimately the people that are listening and and learning and assimilating and, and bringing everything together to then, when they talk, make it count. That is a great leader. That's a great person in general. We could we've had several sessions in the Collective Cafe, even you know, guests on my show talking about the art of listening and um and asking great questions, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. This is a big thing. I'm thinking about I'm thinking about my clients right now. And maybe I'm lucky, maybe I attract this, or maybe it's just part of the process. But I don't recall um, one of my clients now where one person dominates the conversation. And guess what? If they do, I'm going to call them out. Because here's the thing, and this is going back to Gino's article, a strong leadership team when in a room together ignores hierarchy. Everyone is treated the same. There's an equal exchange of dialogue. Everyone should be talking the same. And as a moderator or a facilitator or a coach, it's my job to make sure that if someone's incredibly quiet, that that their voice, that I give them a voice or that or that I'm able to say, hey, listen, we haven't heard from you, Bob. What do you think? What's your perspective? given where you sit, given your seat, given your perspective. So all things being equal, if there are five people in the room, then each one should talk 20% of the time. Now, listen, there are a couple of ways to you know, frame this. Why are the people not talking? Is it personality-driven? Is it because... You know, they're, they're fearful, they're embarrassed, they don't want to be shamed, they don't want to be intimidated, they don't want to be humiliated, they don't want to be called out. Again, there's a root cause there. Is this, in fact, a strong leadership team? When you have a disproportionate hierarchy of power, of voice, of perspective, I would argue that that is not a strong leadership team. Because again, what are we talking about here? We're talking about rock stars, yes. But rock stars that work best together, not separately. When the meeting is over, then they all have to split up into groups of one, proverbial groups of one, and manage and lead and, you know, their own departments and their own, you know, and their own structures. But in that room together as a leadership team, they've got to be the Justice League of America. They've got to be the Avengers. They have to be equal, each possessing a superpower, each bringing a different perspective. You know, I always joke, and I've put this in many of my books, we don't want... You know, whether we call it freeloaders or passengers, but but I, I sometimes refer to it as oxygen invaders. If you're here, it's because you deserve to be here. And if you're here because you deserve to be here, then you have an obligation to contribute as well. Deserving to be in the room is just 50% of the process. Now you've got to be able to deliver in the room. Otherwise, what's the point? Again, it's not charity. And then the last point, they possess the secret source. So there is secret source as well in the seven in terms of it's not just a strong leadership team But there is a secret source. And you know what the secret source is? You wouldn't believe it if I told you what it was. And I'm not telling you what it is. Gino wrote this down. 
Uh, he said they love each other. They truly love each other. They look forward to the meeting. And they come in there and, and they bring their A game. They look forward to being together. They love working together. It's not a chore. It's not a burden. It's not an obligation. They're there because they know that together they can go further, that they can do more. That is essentially what is called the secret source. Love is the secret source. So remember in this article that's I mean that you know that's that's the article. Here's someone who has uh, put in 14,000 hours over 2,000 sessions because we actually say each session is 7 to 8 hours give or take. Who's worked with 135 clients? EOS itself now is, has worked with over 24,000 clients in terms of providing active coaching on their behalf. Probably north of about 135,000 um, session sessions, right? Sessions. So I, I don't even know. <laughs> That's over a million hours if you're doing math. Let's call it a million, uh, a million, wow, a million hours. And he's saying that it's not even a close second. Like, it's amazing. It's not even a close second in terms of what makes a company great. Now, remember, I would have said people. Sure, talent, absolutely. But specifically, we're talking about the leaders, the leadership team. And how they work together. Again, how they set the tone. How they set uh, a, a, a standard for the entire organization. The fish rots from the head down. As the leadership team goes, so does the rest of the organization in terms of being vision, traction, healthy. All of them on the same page in terms of where the business is going and how to get the business there. All of them accountable and disciplined about executing that vision and all of them rowing in the same direction. Functional, cohesive, harmonious, healthy team. That's the essence. And love is the killer app. To quote Tim Sanders, who wrote Love is the Killer App, or Moshe Engelberg, both of which have been on my show, the Amore Factor, or Amore, as I've written in, uh, you know, Amor, in, in my book, love what you do, be true to yourself and stay the course. Amor, veritas, and vigor. There you have it. Now, I wonder if you're listening to this right now, how you would score on this seven-point checklist. Do you believe that you have rock stars in every seat on the leadership team? You have the right people in the right seats. Is everyone... How or to what extent is everyone, everyone on the same page with the vision and the plan? You know, what you don't want is to be able to ask everyone on a leadership team to, you know, about core values and core focus and core target and, and, and vision. And they all, you know, they all just come up with, it's like broken telephones they all come up with a different version, a different, their own interpretation, their own perspective. That's not 100% alignment. Then this idea of everyone speaking the same language, one operating system. We all operate from the same playbook in terms of how we plan and how we meet and how we execute and how we measure and how we evaluate same language, no Tower of Babel here, no ambiguity that can also come from, remember the thing with language is that language can be ambiguous. We've all seen these amazing examples of like American, you know, global brands that have gone into China or Japan, you know, and um, I mean, there's actually an example of, I think it was the MGM Grand, 
They opened up in Vegas, um, and and a huge part of their business was you know um, was typically um, you know tourists and gamblers coming from Asia, and they couldn't understand why they were not getting business, why why kind of the doors, why the hallways were empty. And they found out, I think you know where this is going, surprise, surprise, that the lion, the MGM Grand, the big lion going through the lion's mouth, is actually culturally, you know, misaligned with the values and the culture of several cultures in the East in terms of bad luck. So it's really important to make sure at all times, that there is no room for error when it comes to interpretation of a goal, of a value, of an objective, of a timeline. Right, let's keep going. Open and honest. To what degree do you feel you in your company and to what degree does your leadership team and to what degree do people in your company just say it? Or we just always worried about offending someone or what the blowback's going to be. This is really, really, you know, this takes on a completely different issue now in this environment where people are afraid of being vilified or attacked for being politically incorrect. Saying something and then, you know, it, 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 it appears that, you know, that you're always going to offend someone some of the time. So... If you get into a position and if you're in a place in your business, in your culture, in your company where you just, you know, it's just easier to just not open up your mouth. Just keep quiet. Just get through the meeting. Get through the day. Don't upset the apple cart. Don't ruffle tail feathers. That's not open and honest. Number five, they're fanatical about resolution. You know, part of the whole idea of IDS with EOS is the fact that we don't necessarily get to the root cause of an issue, but what we do do, <laughs> do do, is we just discuss and debate and discuss and debate and politic and you know and and posture and we do everything but solve. So how fanatical are you in your company about resolution? To what degree and how often and to what extent do you kind of? I call them whack-a-mole of issues. Set them up and knock them down. That they go away forever for the greater good of the organization. And then the last two, of course, to what degree, how would you score on 1 to 10 in terms of treating everyone as equals? And if you are the leader, do you really act as the gracious, benevolent leader, the humble leader? One of the core values of EOS is humbly confident. Do you act that way? Do you demonstrate that humility as a leader? And then finally, you know, the love, love as the killer app. Do you really love the people? You know, what do they say? You can, you can pick your friends or choose your friends, but you can't pick your family members. Well, in some cases, you can't pick the people you work with. They're almost like family members, and you should think about them as family members. You should. You should, you know. Uh, Of course we want to respect the people. We must respect the people we work with. But we also need to love them. So there's like a weird disconnect, which is, okay, well, who's picking the people, right? If you're the person that picked all the people, well, then it's on you, buddy. Then, Then you absolutely pick them like your friends. You better love them. You better respect them. But what about the other people? How do you pick your people? How do you? This is why and where talent is so critical. And it's why it goes back to point number one, why you need to make sure that you have a means and a mechanism to ensure that you have the right people in your organization. And that is, you know, the tool, the people analyzer, and, you know, being able to use your core values as your benchmark, as your rubric, as your litmus test, people that conform to your core values that pass the bar, that are not, that exhibit those core values most of the time. That's how you ensure 
that love is present. This is the power of a team. Remember, I love this quote. It's just so strong. Separately, we are geniuses. Together, we are morons. That a team of average people running a company on the same operating system, speaking the same language, will outproduce a highly skilled team of individuals, each doing it their way any day of the week. This is not dissimilar to sports teams. This is not dissimilar. It's why probably the Yankees have not been able to win or, or Manchester United or, you know, when you look at the, the great sports teams out there, the great franchises, you cannot buy your way to success. It's so vital because of culture, because of the ability to mesh a bunch of, you know, I mean, there have been so many movies about it, right? Whether it's The Dirty Dozen or, you know, or, um, hell, what's that movie now with, um, uh, uh, hold on, with, um, uh, uh, with um, Harlequin, Harlequin um, movie, Avengers, um, a bunch of misfits as well. Um, the movie is da, 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 Harley Quinn. What is that movie that she was in? Um, come on, come on, find it. Margot Robbie, um, Harlequin, uh, Margot Robbie. So let's see what what it was called, and I'll tell you in a minute. And mm, there's lots of new movies coming. Birds of Prey. Um, the ex, not the Expendables, the Suicide Squad. That's it, right? Again, a bunch of kind of misfits, a bunch of cons, a bunch, you know, a bunch of like, you know, forgotten people, but somehow together they mesh. Together they form this unbeatable connection. Right? When we have each other's backs, when we're all in it, when we all have the same, you know, outcome, the whole is greater than some of its parts. It's doable, it's possible. It can be done. And somewhere in this is this idea of love and respect. So, I hope you enjoyed our session today, Monday, January 8th. Go out there and, you know, love to hear your thoughts. Feel free to send them to me or, or uh, you know, or add to this as well. I feel pumped. I feel excited. I feel excited. We have our L10 meeting today, you know, for a bunch of local coaches and implementers. And, uh, and I want to share some of these thoughts with them, and I will. Um, and, um, and I hope you do as well. Again, there will be no session tomorrow or Thursday because I will be at um, chamber meetings, uh, but I will be here Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Have an amazing, amazing day, everyone, and see you tomorrow. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.